Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today, we have Jay Cron on the podcast. And before you're like, who the heck is that? All you need to know, he's the president of Kajabi. So now you're like, okay, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Context. Um, so Kajabi, for those of you who are unfamiliar, which I don't know who you are because I feel like they're everywhere, but uh, they're a SaaS company dedicated to empowering digital entrepreneurship globally and removing technology challenges. In their seven-year history as a company, they have been in the Inc. 5000, and they've helped their users sell over $400 million in products via their platform. Bananas. Yeah, this conversation took a turn that I didn't know it was headed down, but it is amazing. We kind of started talking about marketing and our thoughts on this online space and decisions that people are making to hold themselves back and to grow. We talked a little bit about the 80-20 rule of marketing and using Facebook Lives to really grow your brand and generate sales. And then we also just straight up talked about distractions and doors of opportunity and how to see those better and what to do at the end of your day to be even more productive. There's some really, really great stories in here that Jonathan shares that I think you're going to resonate with and some things that I think you'll probably start implementing in your day. So as you're listening, don't hesitate to take some notes and remember to share those over on Instagram stories and tag us at Boss Project so we can see what you're doing as you listen. Hey, Jay Cron, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. For those of you who aren't really sure who Jay Cron is, um, hello, President of Kajabi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. Uh, you know, so Clinton, fancy. Sure. Yeah, you know, t- tell my family that. Uh, well, that's true. My my family doesn't think I'm that special <laughs> either. So talk to people on the internet. What do you do? <laughs> no, totally. Even even as president of Kajabi in this world, that means something. But when you leave this world, like it doesn't I mean shit. Day, love to listen to my parents try and describe what I do. They're like, oh, he does, you know, internet things. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, internet things. Yeah, yeah. My nana says I sell people. T- 
to on the internet. <laughs> hey, well, that's not a bad way to go. Basics, that's not wrong. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so today we want to talk a lot about marketing and specifically the 80-20 rule. And I think a lot of people just think they need to do all the things in all the places and run like hell. And that's not really an effective way to grow a business. And so I'd love to get your insight on how that's played into the growth of your company. Definitely. So there really are two areas that I like to focus in on for this type of a question, because believe it or not, everybody in this industry, regardless of your level of success, whether you're just starting out, you're on this podcast wondering, what do I do first? Or you're on this podcast and you're running a six, seven, eight figure business. Either way, you are out of time and you're asking, where does the impact truly come from? Where should I be dedicating my time, my effort, my resources? Or in the case of a larger enterprise, where am I pointing my team? How am I encouraging them to drive results for our organization? And I always like to start out with my favorite quote from Bruce Lee, which Bruce Lee basically said, I don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks but I do fear the man who knows one kick that he's practiced 10,000 times. Mm. And what I find so often in this industry is that you meet a lot of people that know a little bit about a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. they've done a very poor job of mastering one thing. And so when I sit down with somebody who has likely been to lots of events, consumed lots of courses, they normally start out by asking me about 142 different ways to grow the business. You know, well, what about content marketing? What about SEO? What about social media and every channel they're in? What about paid traffic? What about lives and webinars and all of these things? And the reality of it is they all work Mm-hmm. as long as you do. So really, any of the paths that you choose, they are going to be able to drive success for your business. Now, that's really more the conceptual overview of they are all going to work, assuming you work. Mm-hmm. So as long as we agree on that, I'm sure you're wondering now, well, okay, that answer doesn't really help me because I still <laughs> know all of these things. Where do I start? Right. Well, I can actually suggest that you really dive into what I believe is the easiest way to build a following, to clarify your message, to understand your market, and to then turn that knowledge into money, which is really Facebook Live. This Mm -hmm. is something that is going to probably be a little bit more challenging at the outset for some of you, because you're going to be in an environment where you don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. You're going to hop on live and just let me get it out of the way. The first time you do it, it's going to suck. It's It's going to suck. We tell that to everyone. It'll be so bad, you won't even want to send it to your mom. Yeah. Best news is, that's the worst you'll ever be. And it gets Mm -hmm. better every single time. And this is a skill that if you think about it, you're going to be able to master and amplify in every area of your business. You're going to get better at talking about your business, which helps your messaging, which helps your copywriting, your ability to persuade. It gets you connected to your marketplace. You're going to find more about their needs, what you can package and sell to them, and how to interact with them to get the best results. And it's going to help you build your brand. It's going to get your your face out there, much more familiarity with what you're doing, what you're offering to your marketplace. It really is, in my opinion, in today's marketing arsenal, the ultimate tool that provides the most benefits from this single action of going live on Facebook. So uh, that would be my start of, if you're not doing that, that's where I'd be. I'd I'd be jumping off for sure. I think a lot of people though get confused and they, they get that. They can wrap their head around how that could work and how that could be beneficial. But then when it starts getting to the point where they have to talk about sales, Sales. uh, (laughs) 
like they just don't know what to say anymore. They like all of a sudden forget what they're selling. They don't know how to talk about it. And even if they've practiced on video, I feel like some people will use that as an excuse. Well, I'm just going to perfect everything else and then never bother mentioning the product. So how do you transition that conversation into a sales conversation? So I think this is an area, again, that a lot of entrepreneurs overcomplicate it. And that's yeah. why they never get to selling because they turn it into something that is so scary. It's my pitch has to be perfect. It has to address every single person in my marketplace. <laughs> it has to be done masterfully so that I don't screw it up and I'm super proud of it. When in reality, all you should be talking to is one individual. You should yeah. not be trying to address this from the standpoint of how do I capture my whole market? It's how do I speak to Mary who is a specific person with specific needs and talk to her about what her outcomes are. I mean, this could be even as simple as taking a photo of your ideal perfect customer is what we call it, but take your perfect customer photo and literally have it on your desk so you know exactly who you're talking to. So at the moment where you think you're just selling a general fitness solution, you're reminded that what you're doing is you're actually packaging and selling a transformational fitness experience for Mary, who is over 40 after two children, who's tried other diets that didn't work, and who only has 20 minutes a day using only body weight to get in shape at home. That's mm -hmm. a much different message and conversation to mm -hmm. have than I'm going to try and sell fitness to the entire world. Yeah. yeah. So I think yes. personifying it is really where the change can take place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's super easy to, to get anxious about that specifically, especially on Facebook lives, because you're seeing who's watching and who's commenting. And if you know your audience, even a little bit, you might know that Mary or people like her aren't the ones watching right now, <laughs> but I think still because that video can live on forever if you want it to, and you can repurpose that content in so many different ways, it's still beneficial to really hone in on the exact person that you're wanting to chat with. Definitely. And let's talk about that a little bit because one concept I do want to make sure everybody here doesn't miss is that the ROI is in the replay. Yes. It's not in the live. So remember, ROI, replay, ROI, mm -hmm. replay. Because if you look at your live and you see, oh my gosh, there's only two people on there. Mm -hmm. One of them is my iPhone I have open to make sure that <laughs> I did it right. And the other one is probably my mom. Yep. You're not going to go live and going to be super bummed. But if what you do is you let that go out into the interwebs and you check back on it a week later, you're all of a sudden going to see that thousands of people have viewed your live. Yeah. And that's all the magic of the replay. So you're not going live at this stage for your audience unless you already have your audience. At the early stage, you're going live for you and you're getting the ROI from the replay. Yep. Later on, there's going to be live strategies that are very lucrative, bringing in your audience, engaging with them live. But that's not what I want you focused on now because that burden of there's only two people on gets to be too challenging to get beyond mentally. Absolutely. I think tying back to a strategy that we use really early on, this is something that we hone in with our students all the time. We use like webinars week two of being in business when we had like zero following, no one on our email list. And the magic question is like, well, how did you get people registered for something if you didn't even have people in your audience? But it's that, it's that similar thing. Like I didn't care if I got six people registered for this webinar. That wasn't really the point. I needed to practice educating in this way that I knew I would convert really well eventually so I can reuse that content over. So it's the same structure. It's the same strategy. I know our students come to us like terrified about going live when they know that they're going to know every single person on there and it's going to be like six people. But it's super, even for us still today, the replay, it's, there's more magic in the replay for our lives. 
Well, and I think what you just brought up that there is a lot of wisdom in it that is worth drilling down into is really you didn't at any point start asking yourself, did I automatically get the outcome I was looking for immediately? Did did I already get the perfect webinar on my first try? Right. It's really an awareness that it's not about the first webinar. It's about who you're becoming in the process, Mm -hmm. that you have made the decision to become an online entrepreneur. And success is something that you only know the price of it after you've paid it. It's probably the only thing in life that you only know the price of it after you've already paid it. So for you, you might be the person who steps into an audience at exactly the right moment in time. Like maybe you were the first person to talk about the ketogenic diet and now you're making a bajillion dollars and you've never struggled with a webinar that didn't work. Or you might be the person who has been five, six, seven years in trying to find your voice, trying to find your audience, balancing a job, family, everything else. And it's that one webinar after this that's going to connect everything together and take you into the business that you've always wanted. You're not going to know until after you've done it and looking back on it which is why it's so important to celebrate those victories and focus on who you're becoming in the process because that's really where the magic can happen. Mm -hmm. I love that. How has that played into you growing your company? Because I think so often there's a lot of, they were successful overnight. And it's like, well, no, you probably did something for a really long time that no one knew about or no one was paying attention to and then became successful. So I would, I would like to think, at least in our industry, Kajabi is a household name. <laughs> and so I imagine it wasn't immediately or it might have not been the first thing you did. So. What do you think helped get you there? Well, and that's where I think a lot of people do themselves a disservice by really playing too much on social media. That in my opinion, if you were to ask me what is the greatest destructive force in society today, it is social media. Now, that's from someone who runs a technology company that leverages social media. 100%. But when I say it's destructive, I'm going to unpack it a little bit before I get literally flamed on the comments. (laughs) You're terrible. You're on Facebook right now. So it really is something that what social media does is it compares everybody else's highlight reel to your cutting room floor. That you're looking at someone who's on a beach with six-pack abs and a Lamborghini parked out front, and you're like, man, my life sucks. You know, you (laughs) take the dog, and you're like, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur because I'm not like that guy. But what you don't realize is that that guy might have had two decades of building up to that photo. And so it's really one of those things where you're only catching what people are showing you in a curated fashion. Yeah. If you're not aware of that, if you're not aware that social media is a tool, you're going to really beat yourself up in that process. Those are the things people are choosing to share. Like he didn't just accidentally share that picture. It was, or other people like that, whatever your version of you guys listening, whatever that picture is for you was done with intention. (laughs) And so like there's strategy behind even those type of things. No, absolutely. And so it really is something that uh, as you look at Kajabi and the way that Kajabi has grown, for us, there is only one thing that has ever mattered, and that is the results of our users that, you know, we like to call them our Kajabi heroes. These are the individuals that we celebrate their victories at every step we possibly can, because we have a tremendous depth of respect for them. They're, they're stepping into the unknown. They're doing something that their friends, their family, their community might not even understand. So really for us, the goal is connecting everybody so that they understand this is a real opportunity, this is a real industry, and there's real people making real money in it. Now, you asked about how was Kajabi before it became a household name, before it became a a self-evident platform in the business. It really was something where it started coming from a place of service, that when you know our CEO and co-founder, Kenny Reeder, 
it always was, how can I serve a market and add value to it and know that that's going to come back to me? So before Kajabi ever launched to the public, there was almost a year of powering launches for giant names at the time. Names now that are still giant names, but are now surrounded by even more giant names as the industry has grown tremendously over the last nine years. But you know, individuals that in that time, doing what we do was not easy. It required lots of different platforms, lots of complexity. And so Kajabi desired to simplify that complexity, but they didn't immediately simplify the complexity to then just go out and sell it. It was And this, again, coming back to areas of the industry that I believe there are tremendous opportunities, Kajabi made sure it did what they said it did before they ever asked anybody for money. Mm -hmm. This was not a a coach teaching coaches to coach coaching that, you know, know, sort of had never done the business kind Mm -hmm. of thing. This was one year in the lab of working with the most demanding, most challenging launches of its day to make sure the platform delivered. And the branding, the exposure, and everything growing organically all came from that tiny little powered by Kajabi in the bottom right when everyone was like, oh my gosh, what's that? I've never seen a video like this. What is this platform? And that built over time. And I guess you could say Kajabi, just like everybody else in this industry, were just one of those, you know, nine year overnight successes. Yeah. Yeah. I love those nine year successes. They're they're great. No. And and literally I'll meet people. It's like, oh my gosh, Kajabi's everywhere. It's like, yeah, but you probably didn't know when we weren't, you know, you didn't know we weren't everywhere. So, um, but, but again, also to going back to just kind of core foundations that have always served us well in this industry that I believe others would be benefited by. It's recognizing that the, the, the online information business is meant to be the bonus not necessarily the business. So if you are creating transformation as a personal trainer, a perfect way to expand your influence and grow a business is taking that business online. Mm -hmm. But if you've never coached anyone and you're not in good shape yourself, you probably don't want to just go create a transformation course online and believe you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. That's really the difference in, in viewing how this economy can really expand and amplify what you're doing and what you're teaching. But it's something also that I feel like a lot of people at times will come to this and look for, well, where's my million dollar launch? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, but, but did you do the work? Yep. hundred percent. Well, and I love that, that you guys asked that question coming from a place of, we also did the work. So a SaaS company starting as a service for people for a year plus before turning into this, I like, this is something we really preach to our listeners and our audience that that is truly the easiest way to perfect your skill, get known in a crowd and like launch like gangbusters when you actually are ready um, because you've had the experience and you've gotten the results. And that is true for every single industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really good point. It's something that, you know, I think a lot of people just because of how powerful and easy technology has become and how large this economy has gotten, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are always like, well, just give me the baby, I'll skip the labor pains. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, here's the deal. If all you want to do is just start running in a direction you'll get as far as you can just running. But if you take a little bit of time and build a bicycle or build yeah. a supercar or build whatever you know, plane, whatever level of complexity you're willing to invest in the business you're building, it's going to take you that much further and it's going to serve you that much longer. And anytime I run into entrepreneurs in this business that are really looking to microwave success, mm-hmm. there's certainly paths that I can help speed up the process. Sure. But ultimately, this business is driven by transformation. And if mm-hmm. you can't provide the transformation of 
taking someone from their current state to their desired state, no amount of tip tricks or hacks I give you are going to help. They're just right. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and I also think that microwave, like maybe they were willing to do it the first time around, but say they want to start another business or like pivot who they're talking to or whatever. I feel like so often they're like, oh, well, I just know everything because I've already done it. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do it again. I don't need to start over at the beginning 
because I know what I'm doing. It's such a disservice because I've even had to learn this the hard way. I'm like, why is this girl on this second Instagram so much harder than the first? It's because I, I don't put like a 10th of the energy I used to put into it. Mm-hmm. And so of course I'm not seeing the same results. Yeah. How has that really worked for you? You've done a lot of stuff, right? Previously, the GM of Success Academy, ed tech and publishing company, and now traveling and working and impacting entrepreneurs from all different types of industries. How have you been able to really take like the success that you've seen in other places and use it as a foundation builder for this company or for anything else that you're working on? For me, it ultimately comes down to just two things. Stay very hungry and stay very humble. The moment that you start believing your own hype or the moment that you start believing that you really know what you're doing. (laughs) So it's really one of those things that for me, I've just been very fortunate to work with some of the most unbelievable organizations and entrepreneurs in the digital space. Uh, Incredibly grateful for those experiences. All of those things have built upon and and kind of... uh, I guess I would say acted in concert to allow me to create the results that I'm able to create for Kajabi. And it's something that really, if you had told me a decade ago, this is where I would be doing what I'm doing, I probably would have laughed at you or I probably would have said, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. But it's something that by really focusing on again, that driving results, adding value for everybody that I've been in relationship with, that's the type of thing that allows you to develop those skill sets and be able to apply them in bigger and bigger ways Mm -hmm. that it was never, It was never a short-term, how do I microwave this? It was very much an understanding of, you know, again, I am choosing to pay the price of success, not knowing what it will cost until after it's paid. Yeah. For some people, that scares them. Oh, 100%. It is scary. um, And it's okay to lean into that fear. I really want to touch on the point that you just mentioned about... If someone had said 10 years ago, this is where you would be, you would laugh. We say that often with our people. And I think that very similar to what we've been talking about this entire conversation, people look at, you know, the businesses, but the businesses that they're comparing themselves to the goals that they want to reach the Instagram highlight reel. And they think like, that's exactly going to be my same map. That's going to be the exact same path because I want that exact same thing that they have. So I'll either do those similar things, or I just want to skip all that hard work to get to those results. But with our business, Almost every six months, every year, we turn around and we're like, whoa, how did we end up here? Like, I didn't know this is where we would be. And I didn't know this is what we would have. I think being smart in marketing and being smart in growing the foundation of your business is about saying yes to the right doors that are opening and being able to pay attention to those that are going to have the biggest impact for you and the others that are distracting. So have you found something that is really helpful for you too? I feel like there are more distracting doors than doors of opportunity that's helped you kind of filter those. Definitely. So I'll, uh, if you'll permit me, I'll give you two, what I would call uh, metaphorical examples that I think sure. are always well. And just like the vast majority of my content and insights, um, it's all stolen. So I would encourage <laughs> you guys to feel it and, and model this as well. The first one I've stolen uh, lovingly from Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach, one of the most brilliant entrepreneurial minds in our world. Uh, Joe Polish introduced me to him when I was working with Joe, gosh, better part of a decade ago. And Dan Sullivan has this idea that he calls sort of, I don't know if it's called the horizon, the gap, or, you know, essentially I call it entrepreneurial purgatory. But Dan tells this story of, you know, okay, so you're an entrepreneur and you might be in a rowboat by yourself, or you might be in a boat with a bunch of people rowing in a direction if you're in an organization. And every day you get up and you decide we're going to sail towards the horizon. So you point the boat at the sun and you just keep going and going and going and going and going all day. And you, you made some progress and then you wake up the next morning and you do it again. We're going to the sun, going and going and going and going and going. And all of a sudden, what you realize is you'll never actually get 
to the horizon because again, you know, Earth's curved, you know, depending on if you're flat Earth or not, but the Earth's curved, so you're never going to get to where you're pointed to. And so if you're measuring your success and celebrating your wins based on this mythical area that you're never going to get to, you're going to hate life. You're going to be super depressed. You feel like you're not accomplishing anything. But if instead you measured from where was I this morning, where am I this evening, and measured the distance covered all of a sudden that progress becomes a lot more tangible, a lot more celebratable, and a lot more motivating as you move into your future. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, rather than saying, do I have a seven-figure business today? Nope, I'll try again tomorrow. Do I have a seven-figure business today? Nope, I'll try again tomorrow. Ask yourself, did I send an email to my list today? Did Mm -hmm. I go live and connect with somebody? Did I have a meaningful conversation that helped me identify needs in my marketplace? Mm -hmm. These are the ways that I think you can motivate yourself to keep going forward when it gets difficult. So hopefully that the first question. The second tool of how do you avoid those distracting doors? This is a story that I will give credit to my friend, Carl White, one of the most amazing marketers I've ever met. Um, He serves the mortgage industry and loan officers in it. He has this metaphor that he calls the uh, island of half-built bridges. And so if I had my whiteboard, I would literally get up and draw it out for you. But imagine yourself, you know, on this island. So you got this island here in the middle of a lake. And so you're in this lake and the lake is surrounded by land on all sides, but you're in an island. And now you might be thinking, well, I'm going to swim ashore. Well, you can't really do that because it's full of alligators and sharks and all kinds of angry things that will eat you. So here you are, you're on this island, you can't swim to land, but you need to get to land. But the good news is you're on an island that has some resources. You got a a small little forest there, you got some wood, you got all the tools you need. So here's what most entrepreneurs are going to do. They're going to start building a bridge. And that bridge might be, let's say, email marketing. You're going to start learning email marketing, and that's the bridge that you're building. And then you get halfway to shore, and you see, oh, you know what? If I had known then what I know now, I probably would have started with webinars because everybody else told me webinars are smart. So then you go back onto your island, and you start tearing down trees again, and you start building your webinar bridge. And you're building and building and building, and you're like three quarters of the way to shore. Then you're like, "Uh, you know... I'm hearing marketers talk about messenger bots. And if I had known then everybody was going to use messenger bots, I wouldn't have wasted my time with these webinars. So you go back to the island, you start building another bridge, trying to get to shore, but all of a sudden you're halfway through your messenger bot bridge and you realize something, you're out of wood, you're out of trees, you're out of resources, you're out of tools, you, you can't build this bridge. And so now what you end up with is you're still stuck on this island and all you have is a bunch of half-built bridges that don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's not even really about distraction because this industry just creates distractions. It's probably one of the most powerful distraction creators. In the mm, yes. All that really matters is whatever bridge you're building, finish it. Yes. Because if the bridge gets finished to shore, there's land and trees and tools and resources everywhere. Once you get to shore in some way, shape or form, you can build as many bridges as you want. Once you master email marketing and get some money coming in, or once you master Facebook Live and get some money coming in, or once you master webinars or content marketing or SEO or you know speaking from stage or whatever it happens to be, whenever you master it and start gaining resources, you can then apply those resources to amplify those results any way you want. Yeah. But if you don't get to the first win, all you're going to have is a bunch of half-built bridges, and then you're going to go to events and tell everybody that the industry doesn't work and you try... Email marketing doesn't work. <laughs> yep. So I would say it's not even about avoiding distractions because I think you're always going to have distractions. Yep. It's about having the commitment to yourself that I have chosen a path. I will not deviate from that path yep. until 
it has succeeded. And this is where Joe Polish, I think I, I give him tremendous credit for this because he started out as a carpet cleaner and he was talking to a, a very wealthy carpet cleaning friend of his. And he was just bemoaning that nobody makes money carpet cleaning. This industry is terrible. Why did I choose it? I hate it. And the guy looks at him, he's like, well, are there other people making money carpet cleaning? And he's like, oh yeah, you know, well, you are, there's a bunch of other people that are. And he's like, okay, well then the problem is not the business. The problem is you. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. oh my God. So I think for a lot of people, they use blaming the technology as a way to reduce the burden of you just didn't finish. You yep. didn't stick with it. You changed to tech, to tech, to tech, to tech, to tech. And all you're really doing in that case is, is playing business. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like if you meet the entrepreneur that chooses, okay, I'm going to sit down and make 10 sales calls and talk to my people. That's doing business. Mm-hmm. If you meet the entrepreneur that sits down to organize their desk or buys really cool color-coded file tabs and, you know, spends <laughs> for notes or whatever, you know, it's like, that's playing business. Some people listening on the other side of this podcast, oh, not in a bad way, way. Like they need to hear it. I promise. <laughs> I, promise. <laughs> I think it's just so crucial. The lack of focus I see from this industry is mind boggling to me. And even, I would say, even successful people you deem successful, whatever your like level is, I could look at someone that's my peers. And for some of you that may feel like crazy. And, but I can also look at people above me and I see them doing this all the time. Like this is not a, you learn it and then you never do it again. Like you learn it and you have to keep focusing on it or you will keep making the mistake of getting distracted by shiny objects. And it's not just shiny objects. It's like you literally convince yourself like your whole being and your whole business depends on you making this one decision or going down this one path especially if it's different than the other path you were just on. So unfortunately, guys, it's not something you're going to grow out of. Like you're going to keep facing this. Yeah, let me let me maybe give you an anatomical reminder. So you got two eyes and it happens to be spelled with an E, but I'm telling you two eyes so you remember it. Yeah. The two eyes are implement and ignore. That's it. And if you do those two things, trust me when I tell you, you will have more success and more resources to spend on all of the distractions you could possibly want to mm-hmm. spend it on. And we see this all the time at Kajabi. Like we have a a platform that is running six, seven, and eight figure businesses solely on the platform. But every time I go into my Facebook group, there's going to be someone that's like, well, you know, I can't be successful on Kajabi because I want to split test this page multivariate 37 ways with Taguchi methodology to get the results. And I'm like, yeah, I know what all those words mean too, but how much have you sold online? They're like, oh, I haven't sold anything yet. Of course, because you're coming up with 37 variations of this page. Like, just stop. Mm-hmm. You're driving yourself insane. I mean, literally, we have met so many people that have had six and seven figure results in their first year mm-hmm. because they just got to work. Yep. That was it. Yep. It wasn't like they were like, well, I need to learn to split test everything first. Nope. And I need to learn to create an email autoresponder sequence that runs four years into the future. <laughs> you can get away with just writing an email every single day to your list. Like, huh? it truly is something that this business in its very nature is simple. Uh And we have so many people that spend more time collecting tools and more time blaming technology when really they just don't want to do the work. Yep. That's just what we experience. Yep. So how do you get motivated to do the work? I wish I could tell you it's easy, but it's kind of like eating vegetables. It's not like you're ever really excited to eat vegetables, but you just know that you have to. 
Mm-hmm. So just like all of you, I suffer from the same distractions. Like when I know that I need to write a marketing campaign, I don't get to my office five minutes early, so freaking excited to write this campaign that I'm just coming out of my skin. Mm-hmm. No, I normally get to the office a little bit later because mm-hmm. I know what I got to do when I get in there. And I'm probably yep. going to grab two cups of coffee. And <laughs> yep. I, was, I just stop and get coffee and then... <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I got to get two cups because I know like if I only have one, then I don't have the excuse of the second one because again, <laughs> that campaign is waiting on my desk, staring at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I might even try checking Facebook because I got to check my social feeds before I write copy. It's like, I'm making the same excuses that everybody else is. I guess the only difference is for me, there's a lower, I, I guess I would call it a lower tolerance for it. That, yeah. that it's like where everybody else might fall into that rabbit hole for the whole day. Yeah, I know that nothing will happen until I get that done. Mm -hmm. So I just do whatever I have to do to get it done. But I will tell you that if you're approaching this business, waiting for that magical muse, um, a a guy named Steve Pressfield wrote one of my favorite books of all time called The War of Art. And I actually met Steve at his house in Malibu, unbelievable fortress of solitude, Mm -hmm. uh, has written best-selling books, wrote the movie, uh, wrote the book, The Legend of Bagger Vance, which was turned into the movie with Will Smith. But He has this book called The War of Art, and he literally says, this is how being creative actually works. Mm -hmm. And he makes a joke about it. If you ever go to his house, he's like, yep, you know what I do? I wake up in the morning, I survey the land here in Malibu down the coastline. I allow the muse to come visit me in my home and inspire me. I then sit down at my perfect desk with my perfect typewriter and I point the inspirational Canon desk piece I have at me to fire inspiration at me. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't work at all. He's like, I just know I will write every day for this amount of time. Yep. Some days it's going to be amazing. And other days it's going to be utter crap that I will never let anybody see. Yep. But I know I will write every day for this amount of time because that's what I do. I write. Yep. Yep. We call something similar. Uh, we call it the mythical ding. We tell our audience that there is no like that sound in um, Hunger Games when someone dies. <laughs> Picture that as like everyone's waiting for that like sign in the sky. That's like, oh, my business is ready. Oh, I can launch this thing. Oh, I can publish that sales page or whatever it might be that doesn't exist at all for any of us. So sometimes you just have to do it and do it scared and keep pushing. I will. It. I will give you the shortcut. Now, I'm going to give you the shortcut that I'm automatically going to tell you ahead of time that I'm only about 60 to 70% of the time able to pull this off. But every time that I do, I am blown away with the results it creates. And I try to convince myself that I should do it all of the time. All right. Before you close out your workday, literally, again, like all of my material, it's stolen. It's by a guy named Ivy Lee, who was a corporate productivity consultant who actually helped Andrew Carnegie in the steel industry. He was brought in as a consultant to make everybody more effective. And he's like, great. All I need is 15 minutes with each of your executives. And uh, Andrew Carnegie's like, okay, well, how much is it going to be? And he's like, don't pay me anything. Just let me know what it does for your organization afterwards. And then let me know what it was worth. And so comes in for a day, spends 15 minutes with each executive. All he tells them to do is this. He's like, at the end of every day, write down the six things that you must do tomorrow. No more than six, no more than six. Write them down at the end of that day, come in the next day, do nothing else until those six are complete. (laughs) That was the only thing he said. And literally productivity skyrocketed. Andrew Carnegie wrote him a check for, you know, what would be in today's multi, multi millions of dollars, literally like six total hours with his top executives. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is at the end of your day, ask yourself the question, what are the three things I could do tomorrow to move my business forward tangibly and impactfully? 
And then when you come in tomorrow morning, do nothing until those three things are done. Do not check your email. Do not check your social media. Do not go after all the alerts on every app on your phone. Just do those three things and then use all of those other urgent things as a reward because you've done it. Because the reality of it is your inbox, your social media feeds, those are really just great ordering of other people's agendas, not yours. You know, if you think about it, it's really all it is. So if you can manage to do that, you'll look back six months, three months, 30 days from now, and you will be blown away at the amount of time and impact, time saved, impact generated in your business. It'll blow your mind. I love that. I'm going to literally start doing that this week. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. This episode was super actionable, I feel like. So if there's anything else you think that you need to add or hit on in our talk strategy segment, let's touch on that right now before we go. Definitely. Well, more than anything, thank you so much for being on here. I love the work that you're doing. I love that you're inspiring people to really not only take action in this industry, but take action intelligently. You know, that it's with all of the places out there that you can plug into for everybody listening, this is a place that you can plug into for actionable information and guidance in your business that you can trust. This is something that is tried true from the trenches, not theoretical, not a book delivered as a podcast from what works right now. And you need to be implementing it in your business. And as it relates to us, check us out, kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you need a little bit of handholding in this digital world of entrepreneurship, take a look, Google for our 28-day challenge. It gives you twice the trial length and a daily email coaching opportunity to take you from literally zero to marketing, selling, and delivering your product in 28 days before you've ever paid a dime. So if you're looking for a way to reduce your tech headaches, get into action mode, get your product transformation live online, We'd love to help you. But more importantly than anything, whatever you're using, use it. Just start driving the results and tell us about it. Yep. I love that. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thanks again. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.